This is Aikido Discuss, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno. With me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. Awesome. The dulcet tones. <laughs> your voice seems, uh, in my headphones right now at least, to play much better um, than my voice. Well, just I think. have a have, have a, a more better soothing voice. voice. I guess I, my voice doesn't seem soothing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't pick you to do ASMR. I'll tell you that All much. Right. Whoa, Jesus. just kidding. So we already set. I think last episode for those who listen along, we set our topic for this episode, which was weapons in Aikido, or weapons and Aikido, or talking about weapons as they relate to the martial art, etc. So. That's it. We yeah, can just jump. About we can just jump right into it. <clears throat> yeah. So this is a it's a good one to talk about. And I think it's uh, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand technical aikido. And and we've kind of been talking about this a lot since the last episode. Like uh, it's important to to distinguish the different parts of uh, aikido when we're talking about because we tend to say aikido. And by Aikido, maybe we're talking about the techniques that you see in Aikido. So, you know, it, it, maybe to you, when you say Aikido, you're like, oh, that means Kodagaish. Um, Iwi or... Right, right. Yeah, it means a technique or a technique you see in Aikido. Those are just the techniques that we use in Aikido. And those techniques belong to other martial arts as well. It's not unique to Aikido. Um, but the, you're right. I mean, that is something we do in Aikido. It's so talking about Aikido uh, techniques. That's an important thing. Then there's the system itself. The system itself is like... Uh, the way it's built to work. And so what's... The way we approach conflict. Right. Aikido-specific approach to conflict. Right, right. What our our strategy is and then um, the the different tactics we take when we have problems with enacting our strategy. And that's the system of Aikido. And that's much more directly what Aikido is as a system. And then there's the philosophy that we try to get to, the the big goal we try to get to. It's what informs our our strategy right our like system right because we're trying to get there that's what it is but that's also that isn't owned by aikido being nice to someone or making an accord in some way has nothing to do with aikido specifically um it just belongs to the world as a whole but aikido does attempt to get there that's what it's trying to do so you know when we say aikido maybe we mean a lot of things but to me if you want to understand technical aikido you know you're real curious about why you would do a kodagaish or why you would do a nikio or something like this uh, you have to understand weapons because weapons are integral. They're they're not separate. You can't separate them. And Saito since I said this, you know, the, the Taijutsu and the, the Bukiwaza are inseparable. You cannot take the weapons techniques out of the, the quote-unquote arm-arm techniques, the Taijutsu, and you can't take the Taijutsu out of the weapon techniques. They're, they're inseparable in the mm-hmm. system. I think it's also, uh, and I think that's probably where we should spend uh, uh, the, the bulk of the time uh, in this podcast, maybe talking about why they're in several and, and that forth. But I also, I think that there's a good, from a philosophical level, uh, weapons are super important to Aikido because they, they lay out the sort of principle that we live by, which is like, you will never overpower, you can never overpower the weapon. So if you are facing someone who has a weapon, um, you cannot meet its force with your own force. You will right. be right. destroyed every time. You can't time. become so tough that you can take a cut from a sword. Right. And not a get sword cut. will cut you down no matter what. Um, and so I think that mindset, that philosophy is 
it it is integral in Aikido. It's the the thing that we do, and it comes directly from the weapons work, right? I mean, right. It, you know, I don't think you could get that philosophy from out of boxing or whatever else necessarily because, look, boxing, I can take a punch and maybe someone, you know, can punch me so hard they could, you know, punch through my body. I don't know, whatever. But Punch a hole in right. your chest. Rip out but, your heart. <laughs> but it doesn't have the same... It doesn't have the same heft as you're talking about facing off against someone with uh, a weapon... Or with uh, a weapon that is so powerful, you know, that, that the only opposition is to, or the only way to get through an engagement with is to harm, is to create that accord. Right, right. I think the first thing to talk about is, like, what, what, like, why would you use a weapon? What is a weapon? Why would, why would it matter to you to pick up a weapon in a conflict, in a, a situation that you feel you need one, you know? Right. Right. Even if you don't feel like you need one, maybe you would pick one up just right. in case, right. you know? Why would that be? And that's because a weapon is a force multiplier and um, it gives you an advantage of range. Um, so, you know, where before you have you, your arm reaches a certain distance, your foot reaches a certain distance, but now that you've got a baseball bat in your hand, you could reach double the distance. Right. If it's a gun, then and you can also, you know, Lord help your opponent. And <laughs> you, the amount of damage that you're able to, right. you know, inflict with said weapon has increased. However, right. you know, right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that also goes along with the philosophy of Aikido. So, so remember, you know, in, in Aikido, we don't want to fight with anyone. We don't want to do anything with anyone. It's a defensive system. So why would weapons be important to a defensive system? Well, if it's life or death and I have to do something or die then I'm going to use a weapon. That means it's a serious engagement. On the other side, if they are serious about hurting me, they're going to use a weapon to hurt me. So so when we're looking at using the system, it's it's not, you know, if you if you wrestle, say, you think, oh, you know, this guy's smart enough to me. I'd like to, you know, throw him down and hold him down for a second. You know, like and and really grand grand scheme of the world, that's not very terrible, you know, like I don't know, I guess you could get sued, but I mean, other, aside from that, the worst thing's going to happen is the guy's going to be angry at you, you know? So you you could unload on him with your wrestling, and it's not that big a deal. Um, if you take out a sword and cut someone down, they're dead forever. You know, if you take out a gun and shoot someone down, they're dead forever. Like, that, it's it has very serious consequences, and so, like, that's the way in which we should be looking at needing to use a martial arts system is it's so serious that I would need to use a weapon to defend myself because I'll die or someone I love will die if I don't. Um, or they're so serious about getting me that they're going to cut me down with a weapon. So so also philosophically, why would a weapon be involved? Very, very closely related to Aikido. And, and I've, you know, this makes sense in the time in which this the martial art sort of came into to being, you know, um, or in the way, you know, as more traditional martial arts where, um, you know, there still, was, there still were uh, places where these sorts of things happen and and we don't uh, in in which i mean like conflicts that would kill you you know right. and we don't necessarily see that as much anymore especially in the united states and you know we can go down tangents on this but um we live in a generally in a uh, civilized time. peaceful society so you know i think it kind of also makes it difficult for people a lot of times thinking about this because um we don't in generalized society we don't need weapons you know we we don't 
that we generally don't need these kind this kind of self defense strategies necessarily like you know how often are you going to face off against someone with a sword or right, right. and i mean you know people have guns and things and that's why we i said we can tangent on this but i think that that's where some of the disconnect it comes with people um when they're talking about martial arts and they they like un- unarmed is the best for them for whatever reason right like why would i need a weapon i think why would you not need you know why would you not need a weapon is what i would say but at the same time it's like ah we live in a civilized society yes. so that's how you handle conflict in a civilized society is like without without weapons and well i feel like a lot of the fighting that you that does come up in our fighting in quotes right I, fighting in quotes um like a lot of the fighting that comes up in our generally civilized society is bravado fighting yeah you know that's exactly right. um and so a lot of the fights that you see break out are you know two dudes on a street corner hey bro hey bro like you know yeah. and um, in truth there is absolutely that, that is not self-defense even in the tiniest bit it is you choosing to engage in physical yep. activity. You're right. choosing to get into that struggle. And the reason you're doing it is because you want to show off. And so the truth is, and, and this is a, an underlying thing, a lot of people who who are studying martial arts are studying it because they want to be the awesome tough guy. That's what they want. You know, like they don't they don't really think they're gonna need to defend themselves. They don't really worry about that kind of stuff. Their real worry is like uh, someone's going to tell them to get out of a bar stool at the wrong time. When when really the the Aikido approach generally to that is to get out of the bar stool and who cares? You know what right, I mean? Right, like right. it's not Kota Gaishim and then everyone in the bar go, whoa, that guy must know sweet secret techniques, right? But unfortunately for a lot of us, this is playing out in our heads that it's like that's why I'm learning martial arts. That's what we see mostly. So that's what we think conflicts, conflict generally looks like, which generally it does because that's what we see. It's I know that's very circular, but – um, that's how we imagine it. That's how it generally plays out because generally things are fairly safe and most people aren't getting robbed at gunpoint day in and day out. Right. If at all, even once in their life. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it does It does happen. And, right. when, and when it does happen, it's again what Maya just said, at gunpoint. Right. You know, so like if someone is serious, there is a weapon involved. So if you're looking, you know, if your thought is genuinely, and you need to ask yourself this quite seriously, if your thought is genuinely, I want to defend myself in a situation where I need to survive, then weapons are absolutely going to be a part of your training because they're going to have one or you're going to require one. Um, and so that that's you can't separate it. If your thought is, I want to show off, then maybe you're right. Uh, unarmed martial arts are really a good good way to go for that. And like they're safer overall, you know, and you get to like show off. And, and I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not making a judgment. I've studied plenty of unarmed martial arts, and I've also felt that way in my life, you know, many times. Like, oh, I'd like to just choke someone. And, and you know, I learned to do those things because that's an important thing to me. Right. Um, but if you're asking, if you're saying, oh, you know, that stuff's not for me. I am a serious, I just want to defend myself anywhere, ever attack me or my family, then weapons are involved in your training. And if they're not, you're not paying attention. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of where where to uh, go I, in the neck, like where to pivot here. But. I think a good next question is what what do weapons teach us? Or, you know, like what are what are we what kind of things are we learning when we start to utilize a weapon? I, I know. Yeah. OK, yeah. I, I see what you're going. I think yeah. we can make this a little more concise. Okay. So um, I think an important thing to say is uh, what role does training in the specific weapon take versus mm-hmm. what role is the general training for you to 
um, take on a weapon. And so what's really nice about Aikido is Aikido is a weapon or system that you could use if you had a gun, if you had a knife, if you had a club, if you had a sword, if you had a taser, if you had a future phaser rifle gun, if you had, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the thing you're holding in your hand. You can use the system of Aikido complementary to the weapon skill you learn. So understand there is a weapon system that is the specifics of the weapon. And that would be like sword or rifle or, you know, and, and they can be very specific, you know, uh, M4 rifle or, you know, like uh, whatever, you know, like it can be very specific to the weapon platform you're using. And then there is the how does your body function with the weapon, i.e. when you have to move around and take cover and um, avoid someone trying to get you and put yourself in position to use the weapon, how do you do that? Aikido teaches you a system that you can pluck on top of any other weapon system and within our context, use it. So, so that's an important thing to understand. Aikido is not a weapon system in itself of itself. Now, it has weapon systems attached. Depending on what style of Aikido you study, you probably study some sword or some joe or some knife or, you know, there's lots of things, maybe spear. There's lots of other things you could study inside of Aikido training. But Aikido is a system that you could tack any weapon platform on top of and still use the system of Aikido. And what's great about it, and you were hitting on this um, earlier today when we were pre-gaming, is it... it even though that is the case, if we take the weapon out of it, the uh, our goals and the things we do to achieve them do not change. Right, right. So here's another important thing to understand. This is what's beautiful about the system. So if I have the weapon, the way in which I do Aikido doesn't change, right? So look, it's a serious situation. Three people want to murder me. I need to use a weapon, perhaps, to defend myself. My main goal is to keep distance and put myself in a good position, making a wase via Taino Hinko with them. That's my goals, right? So I want to move around in strategic good positions. Now, let's say I have a, a firearm. Uh, I can shoot them from those good positions to keep them from encroaching on me. So if they've got enough speed and mobility that they can get on top of me, I'm using the weapon on top of that platform. So it's great. Works like that really well. However, if we flip it, and they have the weapon, and we do not have the weapon, Aikido doesn't change its methodology for what we're doing. So in Aikido, we, we have this minimum ma'ai, this minimum safety distance that we use. If they have the weapon, that safety distance doesn't change. So the safety distance does account for the weapon. So that's not saying that if they have a weapon, that it's exactly the same distance. The distance increases for the weapon. But the way we manage that distance doesn't change any way at all, right? Depending on what happens, if the weapon, if the distance breaks down, our suppression might need to change a little. But overall, our footwork, our movements, and our general ideas stay exactly the same. So listen to how great this is. If you learn the system of Aikido and you have the weapon because you need to use it, the system doesn't change. There's just a weapon platform tacked on top of it. If you do not have the weapon and they have a weapon... The system doesn't change. There's just a weapon which increases the distance and the, the the level of severity for making mistakes changes. But other than that, it's the same system. Right. It's beautiful. And that's different than other fighting systems. Sure. You if, if you're boxing facing a, uh, a guy with a sword, everything just changed for right, you. Right. You can't use your same distancing. You can't use your same tactics. You can't use your same approaches. You can't use your jab anymore to set things up. You can't use your combinations in the same way. You cannot box in the same way you would with an unarmed person as you would with someone with a sword. I'm, I'm laughing same just way thinking about it. Jiu-jitsu, <laughs> yeah. it's the same sure. way with, yeah. Sure. Brazilian jiu-jitsu begins to get into, um, so, so if we go to Japanese jiu-jitsu, 
The objective is already close quarters, so does it change via the weapon? Not that much. And those are the parts that Aikido retains, by the yeah. way, right? So those parts of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu are what Aikido has retained inside of it because they're the things that it doesn't matter if they have the weapon or if I have the weapon. When we're close quarters, these are the struggle methods we'll use to reset our idealized distance. The weapon retention, the weapon disarming, that Exactly, stuff. exactly right. And remember, the goal of that within Aikido, so we're looking at Japanese Jiu-Jitsu techniques, but we're putting them inside the system of Aikido. So remember, the goal of those is then again just to reset the distance so we can start using the main Aikido philosophies. Again, the objective is not to win via the Jiu-Jitsu. Right. It's to right. reset up. The Aikido situation. So so where you might see a Kodagaish, for example, come up would not be, I'm going to pull my sword to the side, g- jump in, Kodagaish someone, it's, oops, this person somehow got inside of my sword distance and they're grabbing onto my sword hand. How do I, you know, l- l- escape my hand so that I can continue to use my sword or vice versa? Right. They had the sword. Same right. thing. Right. And so, um, and uh, then getting back out. So if you look, if you're looking at Japanese jujitsu, um, does it change with a weapon? Not too much because it was built to work around right, a weapon right. in the first place. But let's say you go into Brazilian jujitsu, it changes a fair amount. Um, when I first started using, trying to use Brazilian jujitsu in close quarters weapon struggle, I had lots of problems because you can't switch sides in the same way. Um, this, you know, this is a weird technical issue to talk about, and uh, I'd like to talk more generally. But basically. Um, if I'm in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I'm working at separating a, a limb so I can isolate it and get a submission, there's no difficulty in me switching to the other limb if the position changes, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm working your right arm for an American lock and you start using your left arm to push me away, there's no reason why I can't switch to arm bar the left arm, right? right? Yeah. So I can easily switch right side to left side, no problem. And that's awesome. That allows you that versatility Beautiful. that you need when you're doing Brazilian yes. Jiu-Jitsu. Yes, and when unarmed. you're talking about unarmed, unarmed stuff, it's perfect. It's what you want to do. However, when a weapon's engaged and I'm using, I'm, I'm dealing with your right hand because there's a weapon in it, I'm trying to get an American lock. If you throw your left arm across, I can't let go of the right to arm bar the left because you're going to cut me now with the weapon that's free. And so it's important to understand that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu became specialized for unarmed fighting. And so because it did, it has a harder time jumping back into armed conflict, right? It's exactly the same difficulty that someone doing Japanese Jiu-Jitsu has when they try to do unarmed stuff because it flips to the other side. Like there are differences between unarmed engagements and armed engagements. And so if you uh, switch from one system to the other, it becomes difficult. Aikido is working an awesome niche where it doesn't change either way. If you have a weapon or don't have a weapon, that's them or you, it doesn't matter. You're gonna use the same strategies over and over. Yeah. Um, so I suppose we could talk about uh, in the episode that we have done on this already, I think we talked about this, but the kind of um, weapons that uh, we use and maybe specifically the types of things that you can get from them. Um, And I'm thinking, you know, in our school we have three weapons and I think they all kind of show a slightly different thing. And one of them is the the distancing. So you have a long-range weapon or a longer-range weapon, mid-range and a close-range weapon. And so you're learning those three, uh, those, you're learning skills within each on how to deal with a weapon um, that is, you know, of this length. Type. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's an important thing what Josh is saying. And if you're, if you're not on page yet, um, so basically what he's saying is we have a longer range weapon in the Joe, 
we have a medium range weapon in the Bokin, and we have a short range weapon in the Tonto. So if you're classically studying those three weapons in Aikido, you're learning the types of techniques for each of those ranging of weapons, right? So, so for example, um, a Joe, if you can press the, if they have a Joe and you don't, if you can press the distance, their weapon doesn't work as effectively as um, if they had a Tonto, right? And so you're learning about little details and, and how you can disarm with that and how you handle those different types of weapons, right? So um, if you're looking at the length of the weapon, and we're, we're not gonna talk for one second, I'm not gonna talk about uh, passing the range, so getting past the range of a weapon is a different thing, but say we're looking at a Bokin, a Bokin for disarming and retention purposes works really similar to something the length of a rifle, meaning that that's as many hand positions you could have to hold on it. It's about that length, right? Whereas a, a, a Tonto is working more at the range of what a pistol does. Like when we're grappling with it, what the close quarter dynamics of it are, right? And a, a longer, uh, like a Joe is working on something like, you know, this is not really practical for modern times, but like a spear or something right, like that, right? right? So by hitting those three different weapons, we get um, we get how to handle their different properties, right? So and there's different things inside of that too. So don't think this doesn't include, you know, like so. For example, close quarters with a knife versus close quarters with a pistol are two different things because a knife can cut you. Uh, in lots more ways can do more damage to you in lots more ways close quarters than a pistol can. Pistol only makes uh, power in one direction. So if you can keep that one little end off of you, it can't hurt you. Uh, whereas the, the knife has got a whole side of it that's razor sharp, maybe two whole sides of it that's razor sharp. And so you, you can't touch those at all. But so I mean, if you're looking at it, uh, the pistol is actually a projectile weapon, which would put it in the long range. So in that situation, you would want to press the distance sure. versus sure. a knife, which For is sure. working in the short, which it means you want to stay out of distance. Right, right. right. And let's, so okay, so that's sort of. Yeah, so let's hit that too. Okay, so there's the actual physical manipulation of the weapon at close quarters, and then there's the range passing of the weapon, meaning getting out of the dangerous range of the weapon. So, for example, if you want to press something uh, with a sword, its range is different than a rifle significantly yeah, hugely yeah. different right yeah. and so and, and and that range that effective range is really why firearms are so dominant firearms aren't the most powerful thing right if i shot you with a pistol versus i took a clean swat you with a sword the sword will almost certainly do more damage to you than the pistol will right you know but uh i can stand 100 yards back and right. still make contact with that pistol whereas i can't do that with a sword you know yeah and so understanding uh that i think you know, that is a reason or it could be a reason that we have the three weapon types that we have anyway is so that, right, that close quarters we're learning handling of it, yes. Those different um skill sets. Right. And understand that Aikido Aikido's systematic approach accounts for all types of weapons. So for example, when we get a pistol there's an increased range with the pistol. It has a lot longer range. That just means your safety distance is different and right. the way in which you'll have to handle things is different. You know, So it basically always breaks down with this, like um, outdistance a weapon, number one, suppress the weapon, number two, cover from the weapon number three um those are those are all what you're looking to do looking to do and that order might change depending uh, the most important is distancing covering and suppression depending on what's going on becomes important but if you look at a contact situation with soldiers right so you know we got a a bunch of guys moving through an area and uh someone surprises them and they receive contact meaning people start shooting at them um they're going to want to take cover they're going to get behind something that protects them then they're going to want to lay down suppression meaning they're they're going to want to fire back at those guys so they can't shoot at them. Um, and then they want to 
put themselves in an advantageous dis distance. And that could be getting the hell out of there right. because those guys are overwhelming them. Or it's a small factor that they can outflank and right. they're going to move in on them, you know, yeah. so deciding what you do or call in an airstrike. I mean, it's way beyond what we're talking about. Right. But understand <laughs> that it doesn't matter what weapons we're talking about. The rules, the general concepts are always the same. The strategies and tactics are always going to be the same. Um, they will change uh, specifically to the weapon, but they're always going to be the same. Very good. Um, was it what, you, you got any? Maya, have any questions? About, <laughs> Lots of you're things. You're looking very like. I'm trying to phrase a question, but I I feel like I'm gonna be. It's gonna be confusing. But um, maybe we can talk a little Do bit about um, training methods. So like I think I don't know if we talked about this in the other episode, but like. Um, the system of training for Joe, the system of training for a Boken, there's like, you know, we have the Sabuti, we have the partner practices. Um, there's there's a lot there to work on. Um, when it comes to working with a Tanto, I think like um, there's so much there, but it's not like a, there's not like a super easy written out thing for people to start to work with a knife. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people could find it confusing where to put the knife in, when to use it, how to do it, like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. This is not just a problem with Aikido. This is a problem with um, all martial arts systems, essentially. Um, so the deal with a knife is a knife doesn't dramatically change your range, right? So doesn't dramatically change your range. It's short. You know, it's, you know a, a big knife is 12 inches or so, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it only gives you a foot more range. Uh, a really big dude might just have that range naturally, right? <laughs> it does give you a pretty significant power advantage, meaning, you know, if that big dude hits you with his hand across the head, it would probably be bad. But if you had a knife in his hand, he'd probably cut your head off, you know, or very nearly, like, you know, do a significant amount of damage. So um, uh, the, the power factor does change. The issues of what you're doing do change, but overall, if you understand weapon clearing and weapon retention, your knife techniques are going to be the same across all weapons because once we're at that close distance, we're doing the same thing. Once we're at that uh, far distance, we're doing the same thing, right? So so it's kind of tricky, but when you're learning Aikido Taijutsu, right? So your quote-unquote unarmed forms, you're learning knife technique. Knife technique, right. Um, now, you might not know that, but you are. So this is why things like shomenuchi exist, the shomenuchi position. So if you look at our three common strikes in Aikido, shomenuchi, yokomenuchi, ski, what those are is those are weapons or they're, they're strikes that will be thrown with weapons at the prescribed ranges of the system of Aikido, right? So like... You know, if you were going to stab someone with a knife, you would reach up over your head and you would push it down on them. That's a shomenuchi. If they blocked that, they would bring their arm up to stop you from pushing it down on them. That's the shomenuchi position. We're arm to arm like that. Now, if you don't have the weapon, what's a good idea? Shove them away so you can get the hell out of there. How's a good way to shove them away? Get underneath their weapon arm, the elbow of their weapon arm, and push them away from you. We call that ikkyo in Aikido. Now, what if you have the knife and you're stabbing down on them and they stop you by blocking? What's a good idea for you? Well, to get underneath their elbow and push them away so they can't stop you anymore and then you stab them, right? So it doesn't matter, flip side, flip side, uh, with that kind of uh, structure of the weapon, you're learning those techniques. So Aikido Taijutsu, quote-unquote unarmed techniques, are weapon techniques. And I think 
sometimes, uh, you know, it is interesting to uh, put a knife in uh, a training knife in someone's hand and 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 do the technique. Um, and flip it around, sometimes give it to the uke, sometimes give it to the nage, and do the techniques and see how they play out and see how they're different and see how they're similar. And you'll realize that, like, not every technique is built the same way, you right, know? Right, um, and, and you'll quickly, like, be able to ferret out, like, what a technique, a specific version of said technique is for right and it's interesting like what josh is saying here if you haven't done this it it might be kind of tricky but basically all the aikido forms can be done if you have the weapon doing the form or if they have the weapon doing the form meaning that there is sensibility on both sides however there are moments during a complete form where the person who would have the weapon is flipping over Um, and until you start to work these you won't get it but if you start working these you'll get it it's like i remember when i first started working on this stuff a lot people would say like okay uh what knife techniques does aikido have okay it has this one and this you know they would like name them off you know there's like the there's like the the cut backhand cut there's like the stab there's the you know like there's these you know whatever the truth is all aikido techniques are accounting for that knife right um but the forms flip sometimes right and right, so right. once you start working them you'll see where they flip and it'll be like oh that's interesting why is that happening right, right. you know i was just gonna say when you use the word form i was like oh like that might be um not confusing but like a hard way to think about it if you're starting to try and dip your toes into you putting that knife in as josh was but saying. i think it's good to do it because yeah. what you'll end up doing is like getting to a point where it's like uh i know how to do the form but it doesn't work here right so then it will force you to figure out what the correct thing to do is, right. and you'll be like, oh, okay, we learned that obvious. in this yeah. other, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and I, th- I feel like, too, uh, filling in, you know, so Chris was saying that, like, all the ways, all the um, attacks that we have are, you know, put a knife in someone's hand, totally makes sense. Big, big stab, big, you know, big cut, that kind of stuff. Um for people out there wondering, well, what about the, you know, the jackhammer stab where you get in close mm-hmm, to someone, mm-hmm. you, you know, shank, mm-hmm. prison shank them. Right, yep. It's like... Um, Sewing machine. Right, exactly. Right. Um, well, what about, well, where's that in Aikido? It's like, why were you standing? Right. Why were you just right. standing there? Right. You know? Right. Um, and so it's... it's remember not, that that right. is still within our context of I'm trying to get the fuck out of there. I'm in, moving. In Aikido, you never want to have to do the quote-unquote techniques. You never want to have to do Ikkyo, Nikkyo, Sankyo, Yonkyo, Kodagaish, Kokinage, Koshinage. You never want to do them. What happened was those come up in a moment, a brief moment, where you're no longer able to distance right. They backed you into a corner. They're overcoming you with speed, something like that. You're not able to distance. So for that moment, a brief second, you have to do one of those things to right yourself. But the objective is never to apply that technique and keep doing it to get them. Your goal in Aikido is never to get them. It's not to allow them to get you. What's the easiest way to allow them not to get you? To distance from them. So why don't we have some kind of uh, sewing machine defense? Because we never want to fucking be there, right? right? And it's the same reason why, you know, if you're studying the system of boxing, uh, boxing doesn't train you in headlocks because you never want to be there. That's not how we're answering the problem. So... So if you want to know about that stuff, that's fine. But that's more specifically Japanese jiu-jitsu stuff. Um, there are techniques in Aikido 
whether you know it or not, that are built to, to deal with that. But that's not high percentage, and that's not what we're trying to skew the thing. Someone has a weapon. My goal is never to go in on them. You know, I'm a super Aikido master. I've been doing it forever. And someone has a weapon. Oh, I'm going to go in there and handle it. No, incorrect. You're not exhibiting your Aikido mastery because you would know if they have a weapon, I want to distance that person, right? And there might be other things I do. I distract them. I create ki. I do all kinds of things. Um, but my goal is not to go in there and get them. My goal is to allow them not to get me or anyone else with that weapon. Well, and like, I don't know, we did a self-defense uh, seminar today, uh, women's self-defense seminar. And um, we were kind of nearing the end and talking about um, letting people know and creating distance as situations are arising. You know, someone's coming towards you and you're feeling threatened by them. Using your voice to let them know, hey, I need you to, to stay there. I need you to stop coming towards me, you know, and, and creating distance, raising your voice. Um, and that's what should be happening first, you know. That person shouldn't be able to surprise you with... Uh, a prison shank you know what I mean it's like if someone's at all giving you creep creep out vibes you know don't get don't get close to them you know and so if that person does happen to get one cut on you you're still moving get the fuck away right. from me get right. away from me you know and and so on and so forth from there you're always looking to reset the distance that's what you're doing in Aikido I want to reset the distance you can't reset the distance if you're busy trying to get them with Shionage <laughs> yes right? Shionage might happen as a result of trying to again gain the distance that's the goal always to set the ma'ai to my advantage right and, and that's if, that's and, by the way really easy if you have a long weapon that becomes way easier right so if you look at like a samurai right dealing with their uh, their anachronistic setting um then then a system like aikido is perfect because they're at the length advantage most of the time right i think that's important too to think about like if that person has a weapon that doesn't mean that you can't get one too right you know right and um it could be as simple as that person has a you know a three inch knife or something and if there's a chair like a stool or something next to you that you can grab and pick up and you know put between yourself that knife ain't gonna do shit you know right. it's maybe scarier and sharper than a stool but um a stool will keep them at bay right because it's right. longer right you know? stool's got four pointy things pointing at them constantly and a big giant shield in the middle of right. you you know <laughs> right. so a, a chair's a, a fairly good thing to defend yourself with but you can't um you can't get there if you think you know aikido is a unarmed martial art you know um or if you think that it's a uh, fighting art yeah. also. Uh, you, know. Uh, you know, this word's being brandied about a lot right now, which is uh, martial. You know, I saw the other day a post, uh, what is the most, who's the most martial sensei in Aikido? Um, what is the most martial system of Aikido? Martial nowadays is being at a distance, getting intel from my, my operatives in the field that let me know that someone's planning something and then, Posting a social media storm so they cannot um, uh, raise their forces to get right, me right? right. Like that's that's what Marshall is now. Uh, Marshall is really very very limited and silly when you think Marshall is punching someone hard. Right. That's not really Marshall. Um, it's not Marshall even for a normal civilian. You know, like the first thing I said maybe sounds preposterous because you're not the head of state. Um, but like in truth, you know, 
if I'm dealing with someone who's serious about hurting me, a martial situation, they're not going to come over and just try and box with me right. and I'm going to box with them. That's not the most martial. They're going to try and stab me with a knife or I have to use a knife to defend myself. So so if you're talking about the most martial, well, who does the most weapons? That's the most martial right. um, if that's the right. way you want right. to look at things, right? So, so people have got a weird idea and it's because they watch movies where, Josh was talking about this earlier, Chuck Norris throws his gun down so he can karate chop someone, no, right? No, it's true. Like, I've seen him do it. I've seen him. I hate it. Every <laughs> time I get so mad. Got to throw down the gun so they can go mano y mano or whatever. Understand that's about like, bravado. That's about Chuck Norris in that movie wanting to show he's super tough, right? It's not about a realistic situation where someone's going to kill you if you don't defend yourself. Chuck Norris should be aiming the gun and shooting the gun if he feels the situation merits that. If he doesn't feel the situation merits that, he should stand at a distance and make sure the guy complies with his wishes, right? Like that's that's what you're that that's real martialness. Yeah. But people are conflating martialness with like um, this movie fantasy they have, and that's why they want to get good at unarmed martial arts. Everyone wants to get good at unarmed martial arts because then they feel like they can be the toughest, sweetest right. guy, and they can say, oh, "I don't need a." I don't need weapons. No. That's not fair. No, I, I do MMA, bro, that's and so a, I'm the that's, toughest guy. That's not a fair fight. <laughs> Jesus. Right? So, and, and you know, like, I mean, I'm making fun of it right now, but the truth is I've done a bunch of that because I've had those feelings and insecurities. I want to feel like I'm a tough guy too, and so I've studied that stuff. But don't think that studying Aikido is doing that for you. It's not. So, right. so quit trying to make Aikido that or quit trying to say you're doing Aikido and because you know Aikido, you're doing you're doing that, right? So there's a lot of this stuff going around right now. Oh, Aikido is not the martial art that, that, that teaches you how to fight. It does, it's not about fighting. But, of course, I can fight really well because I do Aikido. That's stupid. That's a, it's a weird, I don't know where that's coming from, you know? Aikido's not about fighting. You're correct. And it also doesn't teach you how to fight. If you want to learn to fight, do a different thing. I feel like that's Very like true. the number one thing that we're always saying is and, like, if you want to do punching, if you want to do wrestling, whatever it is, go go do that. Right. By all it. means. Go do it. It's, it's awesome. fun as yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, all of us here thing. do multiple martial arts for that very reason. And I think, like, I don't know, like, I've been seeing people talk about this on online and, and have these arguments and post videos. Of, this is, well, this is what my training looks like. This is how we're sparring. And um, I think it's important to ask yourself, like, what is Aikido good at right. that other martial arts aren't good right. at? Like, and why is why that important does to you? it exist? Why was it created? Why do you think that is? Um, because if you think it's for twisting on someone's wrist, I guarantee you that there's wrist twisting in other martial oh, arts. Oh, sure. Tons of them. And probably maybe even they're better at wrist twisting itself. In an armed situation, sure. Learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and learn good positioning. Then once you learn good positioning, you can twist the hell out of someone's wrist if that's what you want to do. I don't know why the fuck you want to twist someone's wrist. Um, but if that's what you want to do, that's what you can do. You will want to twist someone's wrist if they had a weapon that you were trying to take to out, get of out of it. Wrist. Sure. Or if hell they were yeah. holding on to your, uh, you... Uh, your hand and you had a weapon that you wanted to get free of. And the yeah. truth about that is I really don't care about the wrist twisting. I care that they no longer have that well, weapon right, in right, that right. hand or they can no longer be holding my hand with the weapon in it that I need to clear. So it's like my objective is still not wrist twisting. I might need that to achieve my objective. That might be a tactic to help my overall strategy, which is twist the wrist so I can get my hand free. But I don't want to twist the wrist and then keep holding it and then go, see, bro, I got you with a wrist twist. No, I have a weapon in play because I tend to use it, right? Or if I take a weapon from them, I now intend to use it, right? right? I was thinking about this today. Um, like I said, as we were doing this uh, self-defense uh, class, and Chris kept reminding everyone in the class, look, you're not here to learn how to be Bruce Lee. 
you're here to learn how to defend yourself and you're here to, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Someone comes up to you, they're in your space and they threaten your life. It's okay to hit first because they threaten your fucking life, you know? But then after you hit first and that person goes, holy shit, that person just hit me. You're out of there. You're out of there. You're not, you don't keep hitting, you know? And so I was thinking about it and it's like, your, your mentality should be like a feral cat that, you know, your dad mistakenly tried to pick up. Oh, look how cute that cat is. Let me go pick up that feral cat. It's in the corner, right? That cat is going to claw and fight and squirm and be ridiculous. But as soon as your dad goes, holy shit, and lets go of the cat, the cat runs the fuck away. It doesn't keep fighting. Because the cat wants to survive. It doesn't want to beat your dad up. Right. The cat doesn't, and it's small and tiny. And why would it want to beat your dad up? But it's going to use everything at its disposal when it's cornered sure right but as soon as your dad lets go cat's gone right right and that's what how we want to be you know maybe i got to use a weapon i'm in a corner after that that guy reels from the weapon hit i'm gone right just like the cat you got to remember your goal in any kind of self-defense situation is not to beat the hell out of them it's simply to not allow them to get you that's the goal and that's the goal in aikido not to allow them to get you has nothing to do with getting them back and that's what makes us asymmetrical in system approach and the power we get for asymmetry if you give up asymmetry you lose the powers of asymmetry and just like that cat you know if your dad hadn't snuck up on it in a corner the cat just run Yep. That little feral cat would just run. It wouldn't turn around and fight if, if it had a place to run to. And, right? I, and I think... <laughs> so that's the, where we start. There's an interesting thing here, because you're saying this from a self-defense uh, position, but it's like, think about the you know the samurai. So uh, there's a samurai, he has a sword. Um, he wants to kill an entire village. Um, that's a terrible thing, but um, if the entire village gangs up on him, they will kill, they can stop him, he right? Because there's 20, whatever. Um and if he fought them that way, right, straight right, up, one, 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 he he would lose. You mean like the right? new movies where the the group waits, one person fights, right, one right, person fights. Right. Um, it's, like, it's ridiculous. But by using Ike, um, he can keep himself in a situation where he can attack or you know use his weapon in a way that allows him to continue moving autonomously and doing whatever the hell he he wants right right positioning i mean cutting making so i mean you know i think a lot of times we it's like oh especially on this podcast we talk about it being like uh, it's self-defense and i'm gonna be okay it can be used for nefariousness as (laughs) well right 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 just in case people need to know right you know, right, if that's what you if want that's to do, what you're right. into if you want to cut down a village I mean there I mean, might be some people right. who are like but my point is it's it's badass it like it can be badass if that's what your idea of badass is going and you know facing down 30 people um it can do that right but you can't you can't fight straight up with the 30 that people you know so it's it's like you know Battle of Thermopylae right so um uh, Persian army comes in and they're like, hey, Sparta, you're, you're tiny compared to us. And 300 Spartans beat the shit out of those guys for a long ass time because they made them attack them in a spot where they could manage those numbers, right? And so like, that's what Ike is about, making accords for what's going on. If you're going to keep pressing this, I'm going to make it worse for you pressing it. Now, had the Spartans chose to run out in the middle of a big open field and take them on, they wouldn't have lasted any time at all, right? right? right. So it would have been a really short fight because they would have just been overwhelmed. But they forced 
the larger force to go into a smaller area so they could handle them there, right? And that's what Ike's doing. He's trying to make accords for what's going on. The overall goal in our case is just to get safe. But like the Spartans, we want to beat the shit out of the Persian army. That You could do it that way too, but understand what you're doing. You're, you're making accords in that way. You're not straight up trying to fight someone. And it's funny because looking back at that battle, anybody that looks at that is like, wow, that's badass. That is some amazing planning and you know, uh, military skill to be able to go, okay, how can we handle this? Right. You know, how can 300 of us figure out how to, you know, hold off this army? Right. Um, no one would say, ah, pussies, you know, like no one's going to say that. Um, but it's funny because, you know, nowadays when we're like, like in a situation where we feel outnumbered for some reason, it's like, oh, well, let me just put up my dukes and yeah. I'm just going to, you know, it's like. Box them down. Right. Because, you know, oh, utilizing Locks some kind down. of weapon, like, you know, any kind of stupid weapon even, you know, like a stool or something like, ah, oh, that's not straightforward that's not you know manly or you know impressive enough it's like right. no they just like the spartans you do what you got to do to survive to survive right and, <laughs> and that's that what, is awesome you're working that yep. is best yep so i think we hit it here right. um so episode nine of the podcast we also talked about weapons before so um if maybe we didn't hit something uh, and you would like to hear more of this you listen to episode nine if we still didn't get to what you're interested in um send us a message and we'll talk about it some more that's right. But we will before we do that, uh, we'll do some some Patreon love for I've, our patrons. I've got them right here. Patreon love. Um, thank you so much, guys, to our Patreon sponsors. Um, if you do want to learn more about becoming a patron, um, you can go onto our SoundCloud. Um, that's kind of our main little hub, um, and it has on the right side it has a list of our website, our Facebook. And under that is our um, our Patreon, um, a link to that to where you can sign up to become a patron if you feel like doing so. Um, you can also just look us up on Patreon. Um, so thank you so much to Rob Kitson, John Smith, Jim Sullivan, Lenny Acuna, Urbano, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, and Grant Templin. We really, really appreciate you guys for we ongoing yes, supporting us. Um, and, and thank you to all of our listeners as well for um, listening to us week in and week out. Um, and putting up with all of our bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is. Our Thank stupid you. Stupid intros our, yeah. and our uh, tangents, <laughs> dumb jokes, running off on tangents. Yeah, hopefully this is starting to sound better as well, etc. Um, so forth. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about? Oh, okay, I remember now. So okay. I looked it up. Uh, so we had another request from uh, uh, Brooke Farmagano. 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 Farmag- okay, if I murdered your name. Fair- Whoa, you, yeah, you did. I, I murdered uh, it. I'm terrible. Uh, I, I'm Ferragamo. Terrible. Ferragamo. All right, well, thank you. I'm sorry for murdering your name. He uh, sent us a request talking about uh, RIT, so like uh, respect oh, in yeah, martial yeah, arts. Yeah, I saw and that. Uh, I'd like to talk about that next that, week. So yeah, that'd uh, we'll be talk a good about one. respect and what that means and, um, and the process of going through that. Um, so, and, and how important that is to Aikido training and, and to modern life. So, all right. A tip of the day, Maya. Tip of the day. Tip of Um, the day. If you're not comfortable with uh, a certain kind of weapon, or maybe you just, there isn't much weapons in your particular dojo or in your training sequence, um, challenge yourself to kind of, you know, find something, even if it's, you know, you don't have a tonto laying around or something, put something in your hand and see how those forms, those techniques, whatever it is that you're doing, um, fit that in and see if you can start to make that feel comfortable and fit it with your practice as it is 
now. Right, right. Yeah, I think you'll reap a lot of rewards if you do that. It's a very simple idea, and um, it, you'll be amazed at how well Aikido works with and it. it. And, of course, it's going to feel weird at first, but it gets more comfortable, and yeah. it's worthwhile for sure. Awesome. All, All right. right. I think that's it. All right. Okay. Thank you Thank much, you guys. Thank you so much. Till next week.